0: Hounicon. Hounicon.
1: Hounicon. Hanicon.
0: Hounicon.
2: You're listening to Hounicon Podcast, highlighting citizen Podwatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Paige Willett, Nadesh Nakas, Borewadme, and Dow. I'm your host, Paige Willett, CPN Tribal member and employee. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate us. During this episode, the Potawatomi Fires Coach discusses the team's championship winning season. We also hear from some of CPN's mental health professionals about post-traumatic stress disorder and follow the CPN Department of Environmental Protection as they perform water quality testing. The Potawatomi Fire became the Basketball League National Champions this year in only their second season. It was Coach Mark Danhoff's first season with the team, for which he won Coach of the Year. Two players, Chuck Guy and Deshaun Munson, were named the co-MVPs for the TBL playoffs, and the Fire Girls won Best Dance Team in the league for the season as well. CPM Public Information Director and Hounicon reporter Kent Bush sat down with Coach Danhoff to discuss the atmosphere of the playoffs, the team's goals, and how it feels to take the conference by storm.
3: Coach Danhoff, you have an extensive background in coaching. What would you say was the main difference between working for a college, a privately owned team, and then now the tribe?
0: Uh, For me, everybody told me, all my former players that coached in college that went on to play professionally at some level, all said, you know, you're going to love it because it's all basketball. And, you know, you, there's not all the other distractions and things you have to worry about like you do in college. So when I finally did make that jump two years ago, uh, they were exactly right. I mean, I can come in every day and focus on my team, focus on basketball. I'm not looking at are they going to make their grades this semester? Are they going to class this morning? Uh I really love the fact that I can come in every day and really focus on the guys in in my organization uh, and with my staff and focus on the things that we need to do to get better instead of having to be concerned with so many outside factors.
3: You know, you had a decent nucleus coming back from the first year of the fire, and you had a, a lot of guys coming in from other programs, other teams from the TBL. When did you first know that you guys had a chance to really compete for a title?
0: Well, it was interesting. The first conversation I had with David Qualls, he had a list of about seventeen guys that he thought might be a good fit here, and I, and I agreed with probably pretty much all of them. And I probably had six or seven, eight more that we added to that. And then we sat down, and it's it's interesting because I always tell, but we had thirty some names on our board in my office, and uh, deciding do they fit, do they not fit, uh, are they going to be able to handle their role depending on what that may be and just kind of the process of elimination by the things we were looking for and the commitment we needed in combination with are they interested, because some of them weren't going to be. They may be overseas. They may like the team they want to stay with. And once we narrowed it down, we got down to about 16, and then it was just a matter of, you know, do they fit and do they have the same mentality that we have that we're going to sacrifice personal goals and agendas and accolades and honors to try to do something really special and bigger than ourselves.
3: You you guys had the best regular season record and then you only lost one game in the playoffs so what is it like for you being the favorite every night knowing that the other team wants to beat you? How hard is it to keep a team of professionals focused?
0: Well I think you kind of turn it or twist it a little bit that the target is always on your back and And when you go play some of the teams that may be at the time ranked a little bit lower than you or sitting a little bit lower in your standings, you know, especially when you go on the road, uh, they truly believe they're going to beat you and that would really help make their season. So we have to be focused and prepared every single night, whether it's at home or it's on the road. Uh, And when when you're at the top, that's where everybody wants to knock you down. And and we, we took it step-by-step step this year. We never looked ahead. We never looked at the past. Uh, we were focused just on the step we were on. And I really give the guys a lot of credit for doing that and not looking too far ahead, even when you get to the playoffs or once you've qualified for the playoffs, that you don't uh, lose sight of what the overall goal is.
3: Yeah. Can you describe a little bit the atmosphere of playing in, in the Fire Lake Arena during the playoffs compared to some of your road games like even – in the championship series in st louis you're at a small high school yeah. and then you come back here to the arena how is this setting different
0: it's amazing here it's actually an arena a true pro atmosphere uh we had two of the most amazing crowds in those final two games in the championship you know at somewhere around 2500 and three uh 3000 the last two games and they were so loud from the opening tip when we were out warming up they were just so focused and And they were into every possession. Uh, And it even goes back to our final game, the last eight and a half minutes against Seattle when we were down 19 uh, in the fourth quarter and came back and won by 10. Uh, What an impact they had on our guys and our team to help us overcome that deficit and to continue to fight, not only for us, but for them to accomplish that and come back and win that game. So our fans are amazing I don't know if there's another place uh, in the TBL like it. I know there's a lot of really good arenas and gymnasiums and facilities that are really nice and have pretty good crowds. But I tell you what, it's our home, and because of them, we didn't lose a single game at home all year.
3: Now you've had this success, and it's so hard because you're a professional team, you're aiming toward this title, and then you win it the first thing you have to do is start trying to prepare for next year (laughs) to do it again. How do you continue success for the fire and, you know, the TBL, these players all have other teams and other Mm -hmm. places that they go to play. How do you keep that solid core together and continue building to the future in a league like the TBL?
0: Well, I think it all starts with our relationships. Uh, we're very honest up front, and we spend a lot of time in that training camp, building those relationships and some take longer than others. Um, The relationships we talk about are teammate to teammate, player to player. We talk about coach to player and coach to coach because I really don't think you can coach somebody hard or hold anybody accountable if you're not in a relationship or have a relationship with that person. They get defensive. uh, They may not want to hear it, uh, and we can't get anything done as a group that we want to. So it all begins with those relationships, and everybody that I've talked to so far from this previous team has all said, we want to run it back. We want to try to win another one. Nobody's ever won back-to-back in the TBL, and that's fantastic. And I think that goes back to all the relationships with them with each other and with our coaching staff and with our organization.
3: Now, is it hard, you know, as one of the better teams in the league, These guys are professionals. They're here to play. They're not here to practice and watch games on the bench. And I'm sure that's something that every one of them feels like they could be in the game. You have two all-league players with Chuck Guy on the first team and Deshaun, who's a reigning MVP, who's on the second team again this year. There are so many guys on your bench who would be starting in other places. How do you manage that when there's only so many people on the floor at a time and you need a full bench?
0: It's not easy. Uh, the first thing I would tell you is that you got to be genuine and authentic. You don't want to mislead them because they're professionals and they can see through that and they don't want to hear that. They, they want to hear what you're going to be able to do for them in various ways. The biggest thing for us is whatever your role becomes throughout the year, you have to embrace that and you need to be a star in a role. And if you can do that, then you fit. If that doesn't work for you, uh, then maybe another organization or another team is a better place for you. But we had an amazing group of young men, and our bench was so strong, like you said, many of them could have started for anybody else in the TBL or gone overseas and played. They were all willing to put all that aside because there was only one guy on the team that had won a championship before, and that was Paul Harrison. And he was invaluable uh, for us in the locker room and communicating with us on the bus and about things that the previous team he had been on was able to do to help them win a championship because he had experienced it. So uh, all these guys, their main goal was to win a championship, and they went out and did just that. I I couldn't be happier for all of them. At the end of the game, when they're all running out on the floor, I'm just standing and watching. It was really about the smiles, the jumping around, the hugs, the, the conversations they were having with each other, that this is what it was all about. This is what all the sacrifice was about.
3: Now, in addition to the players who won individual awards, you were the coach of the year, the dance team, the fire dancers, the fire girls, or even the dance team of the year. What does that mean for your organization? And, you know, what does it mean that all of those individual accolades all came into that building this year?
0: I, I wasn't surprised by many of them. We played here three times last year when I was with Enid. And every time we were treated as if we were the home team and, they took care of us for every little detail, and this is what it was supposed to be all about. So coming to visit here and having conversation, uh, once we finished that day, I told my wife it's exactly what we thought it was going to be and how excited we were about the opportunity to possibly come here. That's the whole thing about this organization. Everything is run first class. Uh, honesty is amazing with with the fire girls and the mascots and I mean, it's it's really hard to compete with us because of the job that they do. Everything's first class, from the dance squad to the entire organization and how they treat our opponents and our fans, uh, how they treat our team, and that we carry ourselves in a particular way because, you know, image is big, character is even bigger, and the ability to just put a great product and represent uh, CPN and and Shawnee and the Potawatomi fire is so important.
3: Now, as coach of the year, a lot of times, you know that's how you coach in a game and how you manage minutes, how you manage players. What is it like for you having someone like David Qualls as your general manager, and you're you know you have some really good assistant coaches that mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of times in our league you don't see that many assistants on the bench. They don't have that kind of support. What has that meant for you as a coach to have someone, uh, you know, at the general manager level who's involved and also your assistants?
0: Well, I've always said from the beginning, it starts at the top. And with uh, Chairman Barrett and Vice Chairman Capps and everybody down the line through the administration and having a general manager uh, like David Qualls, who's not just all involved, he's really invested in these guys and me and our staff in producing a product that is number one in the league, whether we win or not. In my opinion, we have the best of the best, Uh, and that's what helps and allows me and my staff and the players to focus on the things that we need to do to do our part in that. You don't win games if you don't have good players, and really – I give them credit for allowing us to coach them, buying into uh, the culture, the standards of excellence we talk about at the beginning in training camp and living up to them that we were going to find the soul of this team and we were going to sacrifice and invest in ourselves and each other and the staff and invest in everything that was around us so that we could hold each other accountable and build those relationships and sacrifice those honors that we talked about, those personal even though they'll come. Like if you win, they're going to come no matter what And they did uh, and put, put team ahead of themselves. And the fact that they could do that for five months and continue to strive for one single group goal, not an individual goal, was just so impressive by those 13 guys. I'm still trying to let it set in. It really hasn't even set in what we really did and accomplished. It's starting to get there.
3: Coach Sandoff, we just really want to thank you for your time today and thank you for being on, on our on our Hownicom podcast.
0: It's my pleasure anytime. Thank you. Follow
2: the Potawatomi Fire on Facebook and Instagram and find more information about next season at Pottawatomifire.com. The sound of a siren, the scent of a cologne, the sight of a hospital hallway. For someone who has suffered a traumatic event, reminders as simple as these could cause flashbacks, just one of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Hanukkah reporter Tina Bridenstine spoke with Citizen Potawatomi Nation experts about their efforts to increase awareness about PTSD, mental health, and services the tribe offers for those experiencing the challenges of overcoming trauma. According to the American Psychiatric Association, PTSD
4: can affect a person's mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. At its root, it is a psychiatric disorder that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, series of events, or set of circumstances. It can be caused by a wide range of events, including natural disasters, military combat, bullying, accidents, and historical trauma. The National Institute for Mental Health also lists life events, such as the death of a loved one, as possible causes. Citizen Potawatomi Nation Behavioral Health Coordinator Virginia Kincaid has seen many patients with a variety of sources of anxiety.
1: An exposure to death or the threat of death or serious injury, sexual violence, those are all things that are associated with the diagnosis of PTSD.
4: She listed hypervigilance, panic attacks, reoccurring nightmares, and avoiding certain situations that are reminders of a trauma experience as symptoms of PTSD. Many people associate it with veterans, but it affects people of all ethnicities, nationalities, and ages, in particular Native Americans. That segment of the population suffers the highest rates, along with Latinos and African Americans. The NIMH cited a study that estimates between 4.8 and 6.4 percent of the general U.S. population will develop PTSD, which increases to between 16 and 24 percent for Native Americans and Alaskan Natives. Kincaid
1: has noticed gender patterns as well. Women's diagnosis for PTSD is much higher than men, but for Native women, it's exceptionally
4: high. She said there are also many reasons Indigenous women are sometimes apprehensive about seeking help. You know, I think that historical trauma most definitely plays a role in that. Women might have been raised by generations of women forced to attend boarding schools and conditioned not to talk while being separated from family and culture. Kincaid called it a privilege to work with Native women and develop relationships with them as they recover.
1: My hope is that we continue to have women that are receiving trauma treatment, they share with their families, their friends, and that is already happening. And... We are having more women uh, come in for treatment, so that's great, and I hope it continues.
4: Kayla Woody is a prevention and education coordinator with the Citizen Potawatomi Nation's House of Hope. She said survivors of domestic violence, sexual violence, and stalking are just some of those who might suffer from the effects of PTSD. Woody has seen triggers come from
5: unexpected sources, like smells, sounds, or even textures. We've even had um, survivors, you know, just walk into a store and see someone that looks. Um, you know has the same types of characteristics as their perpetrator and and them actually shut down in that store or smell a type of cologne um, you know or a, a certain scent that reminds them of um, the certain situation that they were in, whether that be the smell of a room or um, you know the smell of a person. She also explained that PTSD can affect not only the victim but also witnesses, family members, first responders, or even social workers who help survivors. It's important to understand it. The PTSD won't just happen to the victim of the trauma. It could be, you know, for the child who experienced it, for the advocate who's trying to provide assistance or the family members who simply, you know, that's, that's their loved one. And, and it's difficult for them to, um, to see them go through that.
4: For those potentially suffering from PTSD, Kincaid said behavioral health offers a variety of services and different types of therapy either with clinicians or with a psychiatrist on
1: staff. One of the things that's really exciting right now is that um, we're exploring treatment modalities or treatment approaches that are more culturally meaningful. And you know, there's some evidence that indicates treatments that don't require as much talk therapy with Native American clients have good outcomes.
4: For example, Behavioral Health offers a women's trauma group that communicates about their feelings while doing cultural activities such as beating. I think
1: it's really important to communicate that the recovery and seeking treatment can make all the difference in quality of life long term. You know, untreated trauma can manifest in a number of ways. She listed depression,
4: anxiety, and negative impact on relationships and employment as just some ways it might manifest.
1: Every aspect of life can be impacted by trauma
2: that goes untreated. Contact House of Hope at 405-275-3176 or call Citizen Potawatomi Nation Behavioral Health Services at 405-214-5101. No referral is necessary for tribal members and CPN employees. For tribal members who do not live in the Shawnee, Oklahoma area, behavioral health can still act as a point of contact to find assistance. So this point,
6: um... Honestly, there was more water in it whenever I came out here just a couple of days ago.
2: This is one... In Potawatomi culture, water is regarded as a powerful life-sustaining force that should be cared for and highly regarded. August is National Water Quality Month, and the CPN Department of Environmental Protection began water quality testing across tribal land in 2008.
6: So where are we going right now? Um, We are going to Briar Creek. It's a um, small, relatively out-of-the-way creek, but it's a tributary to Little River.
2: For several years, staff members have increased their efforts in protecting human health and the environment. Department Assistant Director Micah Isaacs began working for the tribe in 2012. He and Environmental Specialist Samantha Hinman now visit 10 locations on a monthly or bimonthly basis, including spots along Squirrel Creek and North Deer Creek, as well as the West Watkins Reservoir, sampling approximately 17 water
7: quality perimeters. That's That's part of um, the reason why we sample to get that baseline data set to see are our waters getting better or are they getting worse and what can we do in the long term to, to help mitigate some of those things.
2: They collect water samples with equipment known as a sonde that reports several factors including temperature, depth, oxygen, pH and salt levels, conductivity, and turbidity. According to Hinman, it's easy to get stuck looking at numbers on a screen. Um, I'm looking for stream bank conditions.
6: Um, I'm looking for oils. I'm looking for iron precipitate.
2: And then I'm also, you know, is there trash in the water? Looking at elements beyond the data gives an insight to what kind of habitat the water supports. There's more turtles out today.
7: The turtles, the turtleness. Oh, there's a bunch
6: of them.
2: The department performs further analysis of the samples in CPN's water lab to see what types of water bugs live in the sample sites. Some grow well in pollution while others do not, and Hinman said their absence or presence reveals a lot about the area.
6: So what we're really looking for is the type of bugs that cannot grow in pollution. If we have that type of habitat, it kind of backs up our data and saying that we are doing our job, we're doing what we're supposed to in protecting our waters.
2: Their field analysis also includes weather reports and how the water and surrounding land look that day. Isaacs said repeating the process sometimes multiple times a month makes the data more precise.
7: I mean we could go pull a sample right now from one of the spots and I could tell you almost exactly like what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like and that only comes with going out there and getting familiar with everything and so if you don't know what the water body's supposed to do or what it's supposed to look like all the time then you really don't know.
2: Isaacs listed getting what he calls reliable legally defensible scientific data to make informed decisions on protecting human health and other valuable tribal resources as a main motivation for testing.
7: States have the right to go out and, uh, you know, manage their own water resources too, and so tribes should have that right in the same. So it's part of exercising that tribal sovereignty that, that we do.
2: According to Isaacs and Hinman, CPN regularly tests bodies of water the Oklahoma Department of Environmental Quality never has, including some that have yet to be named.
7: And so it also builds uh, reliability and credibility, um, you know, just within the state and within within the state partners that you work with and maybe looking at your data and build, you know, rapport with EPA, also the people that are funding your your projects.
2: CPN receives the Environmental Protection Agency's non-point source pollution grant through Section 319 of the Clean Water Act of 1972. Non-point source pollution refers to any water pollution not caused by a single source like an industrial factory. It often refers to runoff from pastures, construction sites, and domesticated animals, most of the time after a heavy rainstorm. The Environmental Department used the 319 funds to begin building a high-flow bypass system by the Eagle Aviary in recent years, an area known for heavy flooding.
7: So there's going to be a series of aquatic filters in here um, to be cleaning the water before it enters the North Canadian River.
2: It provides a secondary route for the water when it gets high and floods the land. The filters clean the water and prevent flooding while still allowing nature to control the flow. Isaacs said building the data set and relationships with regulatory agencies also reinforces the tribe's sovereignty and paves the way for future accomplishments.
7: Another goal would be to completely manage our own regulatory program. Um, That would be reviewing permits and uh, maintaining a uh, water quality standards program that the state currently maintains both of those things right now.
2: Their work with water quality reflects tribal cultural values including maintaining a reciprocal relationship with the land. Well water quality is
6: incredibly important to tribal people you know um, me being a member of the Choctaw Nation which I'm not Potawatomi, but water is central to tribal identity for our Ceremonies, medicine, and just overall promoting resource independence.
2: Colonization and industrialization have made it difficult to build those connections for tribal members in today's society. However, the CPN Department of Environmental Protection aims to reinvigorate people's passion for environmentalism with a more scientific approach that puts those values on display. Hinman and Isaacs have several educational materials and visit schools to teach elementary school students about non-point source pollution in their communities. One of them looks like a Lego set that demonstrates water flow and the movement of sediment and other pollutants, including domestic animal waste. They simulate a rainstorm and use cocoa powder and Kool-Aid as dirt and runoff, and they discuss how to reduce the pollution.
7: Spray a little industry pollution there, a little industry pollution around the mining, a little around the golf course right here and everywhere else, and then we simulate a rain event. And so that rain event makes everything flow down to the water, and then you can just see how dirty and polluted the water is too. And so it's kind of a good representation to to the kids on... Exactly what a watershed is supposed to do and how pollution enters the watershed and whatnot. So
6: the older kids, they absolutely loved it and then it was even the adults that were having a lot of fun mm-hmm. with it too. Yeah. Um so we used Kool Aid packets to dye the waters <laughs> different colors mm-hmm. and then we had that cocoa powder and once it had all mixed up it smelled awful. It did smell awful.
7: <laughs> <laughs> the cocoa powder and Kool Aid packets.
2: The 319 grant requires an educational aspect, but Hinman and Isaacs see it as an important responsibility. They love the time spent with kids and families, showing them how their homes and actions contribute to their community's water quality. Essential work for the environment, according to Isaacs.
7: Because that's really the only way that we're going to get over the hump, if you will, long term is by teaching and educating the younger generation. So I mean, You can teach and educate me all you want, but if the people coming behind me are not doing more than what we're doing now, then you're going to be taking a step back.
2: Water quality testing and education about water pollution are only two small facets of the Environmental Department's work, but ones that bring together the tribe's ability to look after the land and pass along those methods. Honancon podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nations Public Information Department. Please click the subscribe button and leave us a rating and share the show with your family and friends. You can find CPN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potawatomi. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at potawatomi.org. That's P O T A W-A-T-O-M-I dot org Mekwchnikanek Bamamina. Thank you friends. See you later.